0: Well, hello there, and welcome to this episode of the HR Tech Chat video podcast. We are here in Boston with iSolved at their Boston stop along the 2023 iSolved Roadshow. How many, how many uh,
1: cities are you going to? So this year we've got planned 51. But we're already at the point, honestly, where they're, they're going really well. So that number's already creeping up into the 60s. And I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't go more than that, which is keeping us busy. Right? That's a lot of roadshows to fit in in a 52-week year. Last time I checked, that's about I was how about to ahead. say. Um, if you're keeping track, it's a 52-week year, <laughs> this year anyway. Um,
0: th- this is Jeff Webb, uh, VP of Solution Strategy here at iSolved. And we're here to talk about something really interesting and um But but first, Jeff,
1: if you could just maybe introduce yourself a little bit uh, to our viewers. Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Jeff Webb. I lead the solution strategy organization at iSolved, and really, the job of myself and my team is to constantly be looking at um, the direction that HR is headed um, and how things like technology and services could be brought together to not only improve the sort of the day-to-day life of HR practitioners by reducing their work and bringing more information to them, but really transform the way that HR operates within a business and really take it from very much an operational function to something that's much more strategic and transformative overall. So I get a great job out of a lot of this sort of stuff and a lot of conversations with HR professionals too.
0: Yeah. you know, I, I And I know that's, that is really sort of the dream or the aspiration of so many HR people out there is to move away from the tactical and sort of the reactive stuff every day and really becoming more strategic. And, people focused to become the the uh, the people heroes that they want to be Um, and we have an idea today that that kind of encapsulates this and it's it's a really interesting one is called the Red Queen effect and what is the Red Queen effect Jeff
1: yeah so uh, first of all it's a it's it's a reference from uh, Lewis Carroll and uh, Alice through the looking glass and it really it comes from actually um, a lot of the sort of perspective on evolutionary biology, which is the idea that um, you know predators and prey constantly evolve in, in conjunction with each other and in competition with each other. The, the reference really is the Red Queen tells Alice um, that you have to run faster and faster just to stay in place. When you think about what that means to an HR organization, I think it's very, very appropriate. We see HR teams being asked to do more and more and more, like to react and respond to changes in employee expectations to change to the needs of the business and of course there's just relentless sort of drumbeat of new legislation uh, new laws new um, compliance requirements new mandates and so on so of course what they're doing is they're they're doing exactly that they have to run faster and faster just to stay in the same place and and that's interesting you know
0: what's going through my head is who are the predators and who are the prey in this situation <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's not a road we don't want, we want to go down right now <laughs> but in any event yeah running faster and faster to stay in the same place and i know that w- this is a lot about the hcm maturity model as well when mm-hmm. you move along and uh, you move along from operational excuse me basic i think to the i've forgotten all the ones you want to get to engagement at the uh, yeah, at the the, the right, most right. sort of uh, progressive or enlightened uh, uh, end of the model, but, but, but how can an HR department, how does an HR department know that it's running faster and faster to stay in the same place? Do, do they even know?
1: Yeah. I think what we see is, you know, when I talk to a lot of HR professionals, th- there's kind of an understanding that the, the pressure keeps mounting. And I mm-hmm. find that m- so many of them are just swamped with the day-to-day tasks. We, we run um, regular surveys, So we survey ourselves. We survey, um, HR leaders and we survey employees across the U.S. and we do it pretty regularly uh, to, so that we can stay in touch with how, you know, the day-to-day realities of life uh, mm-hmm. for these organizations. Um, we ran a survey of HR leaders. It was about 500 U.S.-based HR leaders relatively recently, within the last couple of months, and I think we've literally only just published it. Mm-hmm. About 40-something percent, low forties, about 41, 42 percent said they, they are literally spending half to almost their entire day simply answering the same questions doing the same things and when you think about the the pressures that are on an hr organization and hr leaders and yet what are they doing they're spending almost the whole time just going through the same things what's my payroll how do i book a vacation day what who's you know who are my beneficiaries for these how do i enroll in this same questions over and over again and yes they you know you try and sort of minimize that there's a lot of cut and paste and here's how you find that but it still has impact on those teams i i had a story uh, i was talking to a hr leader yesterday one of the challenges they had was um the employees know who all the hr department is they know them all and so what they would do is they would have a question and they would email it to everybody in hr and everybody in hr was then running off to go find the answer. So not only was it one, was it a a question eating the time of one person, it was actually eating up the entire department. It was like, they were all rushing to go find the answer to this question and it would be the same set of questions over. So to answer your, your sort of your question directly, I think there's a combination of a sort of an emotional sense of we're drowning in the day to day. And then there's just hard statistics that show that HR teams are, they're not falling behind, but what they're doing is they're just like very much the red queen. They're having to go faster and faster and work more and more simply to stay to some degree on top of all of the requirements and requests that they have. And I think when, you know, you, you have those conversations with HR teams, it, it really does resonate that, we, yeah, that's us. That that is that that's what we're having to do. You know, having been in the
0: uh, HCM space for a while myself, um, and I think about the state of the art of software for HCM, mm-hmm. And, and I think about what that enables and facilitates versus what you're describing this so I think you said forty one or forty two percent of them are spending almost their entire day doing this stuff. and I think to myself, you know this is this is an old reference, but stop the insanity um, <laughs> I, right what is and, and you know what the other thing is i to be just to be funny here, you know I could actually see myself before I got into HCM which was many years ago. Mm-hmm. I could see myself blasting an email to everybody in HR with the same question, mm-hmm. hoping I would get yeah. the question the the answer back as quickly as possible. Wouldn't do it today, but <laughs> <laughs> what what do you think is the um the the uh, the impact of every single HCM uh, conversation? By the way, always uh, leads back to AI these days, and mm. we're not going to disappoint you today. But what kind of role does AI have to do with this? Because it seems in terms of running in the same place and just to, just to keep up with things and, and now we have AI in the mix, how can AI help with this? And, yeah. and how does that affect, you know, just the, the overall calculus in terms of
1: uh, paying attention to and stewarding the, uh, the employee experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we definitely, I think it's almost impossible to talk about any sort of intersection of business or just daily life and technology without, at some point, AI popping up. It becomes, you know, it's almost, it's so prevalent, and I think has, in the last couple of years, has become so um, ubiquitous. It's it's everywhere, <clears throat> it's very visible. I think even before then, though, so taking a step back, even from the sort of the AI precipice... um that's that's a, huge term. a precipice, <laughs> yeah, that's a good It just point. feels like that right now. Right? <laughs> there's, there's a huge amount of value in just even basic, you know, core technologies before you get to things like machine learning and then ultimately AI and on just um, helping a, a HR organizations deal with the challenges. I think what we see is, you know, there's, there's a journey that, that organizations go on and it's something we talk about a lot is how do we help our customers and partners go on the journey, right? It's not about painting a picture of something in the future that's theoretically possible. It's about let's get concrete about the journey. Um, Before then, I think technology, HCM technology broadly, can just do things like it can aggregate information into one place, and then it can use those, you know, that single source of truth to automate the basic day-to-day stuff. Booking a vacation day, checking on my payroll. You know, it's just doing that, just automating those things has huge impact way in advance of the the potential for AI, which I I promise I will come to. and I think what we see is it's it's that capacity to to automate and to be a single source of truth that then helps HR organizations and HR practitioners step back from that, you know, that constant running on the spot. Yeah. And that what that does is it unlocks their capacity to then focus on stuff that's more important, on the human aspects. It's always the interesting part of that technology can unlock the ability to be more human. And I think AI becomes uh, you know it really sort of accelerates that it's the rocket booster that really puts that that sort of trend into orbit. Oh, you're absolutely
0: correct. And, and it is really an incre- incremental a game of uh, incrementalism there, mm-hmm. right? Because you this is not about just sweeping taking away of everything that was holding you back, all this tedious work and then all of a sudden you're strategic, fully strategic, right? It's just this is a game of of attrition. You're you're losing some of that uh, inefficiency slowly mm-hmm. and it, that's actually a good thing because you're learning over time how to be more strategic and mm-hmm. you're not sort of thrust into a uh, into a situation where you have to be suddenly completely strategic you're learning along the way
1: yeah I mean you you know when you build a house you start with the foundation right a solid foundation is what you build on and I think the capacity of like even the core HCM technologies to provide that foundation for growth for an a- HR organization is um, is still relatively untapped, even mm. you know, even today. Even though there's a lot of HCM technology out there, I think there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. to to just utilize that and then get to the the real power with the machine learning and AI. Well, the other thing that you mentioned just now, which is really
0: interesting, is that we have you know have a lot of Large organizations. Some large organizations they still have sort of clunky HCR HR processes and all this, but some of them are very mature in their HR. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always you're always gonna have small companies that are that are sort of cropping up and they're they're just getting a handle on their operational HR. And mm-hmm. so there's always going to be that need to kind of go from from nothing to something. Yeah. Which is super important. And every small organization as it grows gets to a point where where it just, it, it it can't go on any longer, right? Yeah. I think about, um I was reading the other day, I, I remember, I don't remember where, but I learned about this economist named Herb Stein who talked, he had his famous quote, and it's, it's para, I'm paraphrasing it because there are a few different uh, versions of it, but it's, you know, what can't go on will stop. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, and that is uh, something, you know, you hear in various capacities, uh, it, but that's something for short departments to, I think, to internalize this idea that, you know, in a way that's almost that's almost hope for them right yeah
1: and i think so i think so we it's like any of these changes that occur in in business process you know in it just doesn't seem the like human condition right mm-hmm. i mean you you look at psychologists and um we build you know as human beings we build a model of the world we carry around in our heads mm-hmm. and you know, i understand how to do this i know, i believe in those things and usually what happens is you, you, know, you one tends to think of that changes there as Incremental changes, right? That oh, little changes over time. I gradually change my opinion of this and that. Actually, that's not what happens, right? What happens is that you you reach this point where the the weight of change that you're required to internalize forces a crisis of re sort of reevaluation, and your your worldview changes dramatically. You you sort of like, this is great, this is great. Wait, this is terrible, right? Oh, this is terrible. This is great. Now I can live with it. And that I think that applies so much to that very very human. Occupation of managing people, and I think it applies especially to HR departments. And I think what's coming is exactly what you're saying: is we are reaching that crisis, and it's not necessarily a bad crisis, right? But that that crisis moment of a forced change when we go, we have to do something different. You can't just hiring another person or you know doing working for somewhere else we isn't going to change the under, the fundamental underlying drivers of change. It going back to AI, I think AI will. Absolutely, be an agent of change in the way we think about delivering what we have to deliver back to the business. And you're right; it's it's a moment of change. It has it goes until it can't, and then we have a change.
0: Oh, it's a moment of urgency, right? And it's and we're and we're we're in a spot right now where I, it's really interesting. We've 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 measured the success of business in a certain way for so long, and not Mm -hmm. to say that it's wrong because it's not wrong, but we've learned over time, I think, and. And, and uh, there are smarter people out there in academia and whatever that probably have followed this for longer than I have, but where we're no longer looking at the success of business as narrowly as, um, as what can be you know, quantified in a, or calculated for an accounting spreadsheet, that's only a piece of the puzzle, right? And, and what's interesting about this, this sort of um, elimination of inefficiencies in HR, it's important at the same time for, for organizational leadership, and hr leaders and these organizations to remember that okay the the goal here is not only to get rid of the inefficiencies it, because we're more than that as an hr department
1: right. yeah agreed i agree yeah i think you know there's a a sort of a, a dawning of awakening of of understanding really um Around what really drives successful businesses, and you're right. right you can, I mean, you can measure and define success any way you want. Mm-hmm. But what I think genuinely successful businesses are doing is they go, yes, we have revenue goals, we have market share goals, we have profitability goals. You kind of have to be that because that's the, you know, the sort of the oxygen that feeds a business. <clears throat> but it's how you get there mm-hmm. that is so important now, and the how is so defined by the experience and the commitment of your employees. So. That success has become a case of we're going to be successful, but we need to maximize the value of the employees we have. We need to look after them so they stay. Because if we're investing in them, that becomes really part of why they stay with us. And what you know, really enlightened businesses are realizing is, shockingly, the, the employees are incredibly valuable. Like that's yeah. what we see drives for diversity. It isn't yeah. just some altruistic, mm. you know, it's a good thing, right? We should have diverse organizations. But what businesses realize is. Wait a second. If you have a diverse workforce, they bring all kinds of life experiences. They bring all kinds of perspectives. They bring value simply because there is diversity in there. Mm. And so that's a great That's a good way to reach those goals. If you are enabling your employees to have a good work-life balance, they will deliver more. They'll mm. become more productive. Yeah. That's a good way of reaching the goal. Mm. So to your point, I think, yes, you need to sort of achieve those you know, sort of mechanical, numerical metrics, but the path to get there is what's defining successful organizations because they will continue to be successful in the future, and that path mm-hmm. is the road that is being built by by modern HR organizations that are focused on all the things we've been talking about. You're absolutely
0: correct, and uh, we were talking about this earlier this morning, and you gave the really good uh, analogy of. You know, if, if you get to the goal, you achieve the goal, but you, you know, you had to throw all the furniture and cut it up and put it in the wood stove. Right? Whatever. Yeah. Get there, then you can't do that more than once, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting because you have, you have goals, you have the the ultimate, the I'll call them the, the the ultimate goals. Although I don't think that's really the right word, especially the connotation of it. But you know, to make to to, to generate the greater revenue, to uh, to 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 improve the bottom line, yeah, and all of that, but. But it, we were talking earlier also about the process, you know, what, what does it feel like getting there in, in the psychology of reaching a goal versus the psychology of working toward a goal? Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, it just, will you go ahead?
1: <laughs> no, I was, I was going to just agree. i just could not agree more, right? the that we we tend to, you know, human beings, we tend to think of in terms of goals, right? I need to be able to do this. If only I could, you know, get to drink an extra liter of water a day, or if only I could, and we tend to think of a goal that we set ourselves, the reality is what defines human beings and what makes us productive and interesting and connected and engaged and, and you know, happy, isn't the goal. It's exactly what you said. Dear. It's the path to the goal. It's the, it's the achievement in in the process that really fuels us because i guarantee when you get to that goal you set yourself another goal right? and, and
0: looking just to, just to give hr departments that may feel like they're hey man we're we're really operational we, we want to get there but just to give them sort of a uh something to look for to aspire to you know this is super interesting stuff and thinking about creating an organization that's that's sort of perpetually like always in reaching the goal uh mode mm. right and a very positive we're always working toward the goal mode and that that to me seems to be the um not to be too funny or too cute but the actual goal
1: right it is it is it's the journey that, that ultimately is what defines you because it's the journey it's that it's striving towards a common goal is the very thing that knits people together into a community that knits, knits knits engagement, that makes people feel connected to business. Our goal is this, right? Yeah, you want to go towards that goal, but the, it's the process and how you get there that defines that and how you manage that getting there. And I think that actually, interestingly, brings us right round to where I think AI and machine learning can start to and, and will start to be a much bigger part of how businesses think about the... The, the management of people. Again, it's it's interesting that, that that technology could potentially unlock us again to be even more human in our day-to-day. Um, yeah, oh absolutely, absolutely. This
0: has been fascinating, just an absolutely fascinating discussion. I know we could go on and on and on, and we have <laughs> previously, um, but we want to keep the podcast to a, to a uh, digestible length. So, uh, in any event, thank you so much, Jeff. For oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so see. much. I solved.